seems like every local in the valley here has a mountain bike. This sport is really exploding. I break the law. I ride an illegal trip. And it's getting away from the cops, the cars, the concrete. Those Afaka is a Chinese down here. Using snowboarders together on a run, you're looking for trouble. You know, they get on skis and they just think they can overcome the world. The more you around, the more you're going to find out. I like to think that death is out of the question. The life starts at 40 miles an hour. You ride the chairlift for two or three weekends and you have to go like climb hills all week just to be even with God, you know? Welcome to Mind the Track with Powbot and Trail Whisperer. Ramblings from the skin track in winter, single track in summer, celebrating the core lords, and fostering the culture of mountain life in the Sierra Nevada and Great Basin. Today is May 17th, 2023, and you're listening to episode number 10. And by the way, thanks for listening. Help spread the word. Leave Mind the Track a rating and review, and subscribe on Apple, Spotify, Got feedback or a core lord we should chat with? Drop us a line at mindthetrackpodcast at gmail.com. Mind the track on Instagram and mindthetrack.com, our website. You can drop us a line there too. Well, we're once again we're recording in the mobile recording studio, a 1990 Toyota Sun Raider that uh, we're sitting out in Red Rock. Powbot sitting next to me here, the professor of POW, of course. But today there's uh, there's no pow to be found. It's just a lot of uh, green and flowers, and yeah, it's a beautiful day. It's a beautiful day here in the desert. Yeah, where are we today? We are at Cam Zink's property here, just north of Reno. We're in North Reno. Yeah, I think uh, the Red Rock Canyon, Red Rock Road, Red Rock Road. Yeah, and it's beautiful. Uh, we're like overlooking the uh, the the uh, Verdi Range. We've got a view of Mount Rose. We've got a view of Verdi Peak. There's a view of Babbitt Peak. Yeah. And what what else what else can we see? Uh giant massive huge jumps. Yeah. <laughs> massive jumps I'll never have any interest or skill level of even being able to approach. Um yeah, the Cam Zinc Invitational, we were fortunate enough to be invited to this. This is a an invite only no spectator event um with some of the best uh, motorsports and mountain bike athletes probably in the country if not the planet yeah. um, and uh, we are out here just kind of documenting it we uh, sat down with a few folks today and recorded a little bit um, to talk about the event and to talk about uh, the the main supporter of this event um, and the supporter of mine the track Cindy um, we were fortunate enough to get a few minutes with uh Ian DeKayroyce, who is the CEO of, of Sandy. OG founders of Sandy. Yep. Him and uh, and Travis Rice and, and Cam, Cameron Zink are the uh, co-founders of the Sandy app. And so uh, Ian is a sender too, man. That guy's into everything. Yeah, he's like he's like us. He does a, a little bit of everything. Super core lord. And so, yeah, we, um, we had some time to, uh, to sit down with Ian before he had to take a flight back out of here to back to Whistler where he spends uh, half, this, half the year. It sounds like he lives in a little bit in the uh, north shore of Oahu, too. Sounds like a rough life. Yeah. But he is, he is a busy man. Um, so yeah, he's, we got go, the, he's definitely a go-getter. Totally, yeah. That's what I picked up on right he is, now. He is a mover. And so it was pretty cool to get some time with him, and, and, and uh, we're going to play a little bit of, uh, of our interview with Ian. And then, uh, and then, you know, after we recorded with Ian... Um, 
uh, Hank Wilkins, who's uh, my neighbor in Verdi, uh, rolled up on his dirt bike and just kind of checked in with us and was like, hey, so what are you guys doing? And we we're telling him what we were doing. And, and so he's who, like, who doesn't, hold on a minute, who doesn't live in your neighborhood? Like, it's just a, <laughs> it, it's, it's a block of core lords. It's, it's a like couple the of core lords. Core yeah. court. Yeah, yeah, River Oak Core Lords. So he's uh, he's roommates with uh with Marco with Osborne. Marco Osborne. Okay. Yeah, so Marco Very Osborne's cool. girlfriend uh, Lila is uh, Hank's sister. Okay. Yeah, and so um, anyway, Hank was like, "So are you going to interview some writers?" And I was like, "Yeah, you know." Yeah, yeah. we chatted him for him for a minute, and then maybe we should. And then I'm like, "But who?" And he goes, "I don't know. Everyone's really good." And I'm like, "I know." And then I was like, well, How about we should we just, just talk to yeah, you. Yeah, like, you built all these jumps. Well, I think we had a good conversation with him for a few minutes, and we're like, you know what? Let's just talk to you. Yeah, I want to talk to the guy that you know built all this stuff. And he's like, well, my buddy Damon also helped me. And he's he's. I was like, well, is he available? And he's like, yeah. I said, well, get come on over to the RV and let's let's jive for a minute about the property and the uh, the event. And you know, how do you? I, like, cause I'm as a trail builder myself, like I, I build trail. I don't build giant jumps like these things. Like yep. we're, we're seeing guys doing 7,500 foot, you know, gaps and stuff. Like it's ridiculous. So I was blown away with the fact that, that they, they build all this by experience and by feel and that yeah. there isn't like any, like, so to say proper engineering maybe. I mean, I think that they, they eventually have some schematics of what, you know, the outruns should be right. angled at and whatnot, but they really just go about it by feel. Yeah, totally. Which is just so impressive. Yeah, it's it's crazy impressive. And, you know, I, I think that uh, it's uh, there's a lot to be learned from it because it's fascinating to me. Um, you know, like we talk about in the conversation that you'll hear um, with, with Ian and then with uh, Hank Wilkins and, uh, and Damon Iwanaga that, you know, I have no... <laughs> interest in hitting any of this stuff maybe in a younger life but i'm starting to get to that age where i think uh, this 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 ability to hit some of these is is beyond my age but man it looks so awesome just the the airborne just to see these men and women in flight just that's amazing. so high in the sky so kurt you know where where you and i are still riding up hills but we're not we're a little over the hill yeah, no, I, <laughs> no, I, that I'm not. I'm with you there. I'm, I'm embracing not. older age, man. The yeah, older I, mean, I get, the more I'm okay with not being the first one down the mountain and not yep. being the first one to say I'm going to send it. Like I'm just like, well, just you know, not getting hurt is my priority yep. and having fun. And you, know you know what my priority is? What's that? Sending every day. Yeah, just getting out there every day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sending every day within your limitations, right? Like. You know, yeah, maybe pushing them a little bit, but also, get, you know, get, I think that's a good thing to get out of your comfort zone every yeah. so often, but still sending every day. Yeah, we put, I mean, every day we're putting our mind in the track, but watching these these folks out here at the Cam Zinc Invitational, their mind's not in the track. They're they're towering. They're above it. They're in, Yeah, they're in the sky above the track, just <laughs> like floating in air. And it's just like, wow, to, just to watch, you know, um, is, is it's pretty been, inspiring. It's been super cool to see and document. I took took some neat photos that I'll share on the, on the old Mind to Track Insta and some a little bit of video that'll that'll go out. But it's it's impressive what these guys are doing, guys and gals. Are, are oh, the women, their, yeah. I mean, women are sending the same. They are they're sent, doing, yep. they're doing everything that yep. the guys are. Chelsea, so I don't know. So on her on Instagram, her handle is Chelsea sends it, and <laughs> she's the she is my favorite like female mountain bike athlete to watch because she goes huge and she's here, yeah. and it's so fun to just to watch you know all these like world class athletes 
go big off some of these huge jumps that that Hank and and Damon uh, you know moved and crafted with uh, machinery and and by hand and and a bunch of volunteer help. Of course, yeah, they, it sounds like they've had a ton of help. They've had a lot of help. So yeah, we're gonna we're gonna just play some of these interviews that we had. First, we're gonna um, you know play the uh, the interview with Ian, and then we'll dive into the interview with Hank and Damon. Sounds good. Um, and pardon the uh, background noise. There are dirt bikes here and side-by-sides and diesel trucks, so you might hear occasional rumblings in the background, but, you know, that kind of fills out the uh, the character and the uh, environment of this event. Yeah. So without further ado, here we go. Okay, we're here with Ian DeKayroyce, co-founder of Sendy. Ian, welcome, man. Welcome Thanks. to the mobile recording studio here. Yeah, this is epic. Incredible <laughs> view out the back. Yeah, surrounded by some incredible people. Happy to be here. Yeah, awesome. You got this thing running, right? Yeah. Okay, yeah, we're good to perfect. go. Perfect. Awesome. Yeah, we're, we're we're live with episode 10. You made, yeah. it, you made it for the Diaz episode. Oh, yeah, yeah, number 10. I've, it's appropriate We're here. no longer single digits. I know. Yeah, <laughs> it's a milestone. That's what happens when you record every week. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> you you get it done quicker. We missed a couple weeks here and there, but yeah, totally. But that's all right because you know we do stuff, and sometimes so, we're too busy to record, and we're out shredding or getting after it. So yeah, sometimes we're recording while shredding. That's right, <laughs> like today. <laughs> so we're sitting here with Ian Kurt. Why don't you let us let us tune us into where where we are and what we're doing? Yeah, we are at Cam Cameron Zink's property here in Red Rock off Red Rock Road on North Reno. Uh, we're looking out over the Sierra Nevada. I can see Mount Rose. I can see Peavine. I can see Verdi Peak. I can see Babbitt Peak. It's pretty epic here. And it's early May, and the just the colors are popping. You know, we had a late spring, so it's only now where things are starting to get green. So all the wildflowers are going off, and it's it's a beautiful, beautiful day here. And um, we're at uh, the Cam Zinc Invitational event um and it is something that i've never been to before this is both Palbot and my first time here uh and ian your your company sendy is a, a big supporter of this event why don't you kind of tell us uh, your involvement with the event and what's what it's all about yeah um yeah so cam zinc and travis rice both co-founders of sendy so you know incredible mm -hmm. athletes and people who are also very involved in their in their communities and and their sports uh, and for Cam in particular, uh, you know, this event is, I don't know, it's, it's really different than anything else out there. It's uh, invite only, um, no spectators, and, and there's really no formal, I guess, like competition in a sense. So uh, every day all the riders vote for who was riding the best or, you know, who inspired them the most and, and pretty much vote, and that's the winner of the day. So uh, it's really just kind of like a talent extravaganza uh you know i'd say most of the best riders in the world like many from from motocross and just moto as well as uh mountain biking are here and uh you know this property is it's unlike anything else it's kind of his private little gem up here i'd say most of the features are probably a little bigger than you know probably too big to open up to the public and just let people ride it's pretty a pretty much a special specialty event and uh yeah, I think, you know, one of the things with 
cam is it's also a uh, a chance for some of the younger up and coming riders to get into the mix, get some professional content shot, kind of push their limits, learn from from the folks that came before them. And uh, yeah, I just I respect him a lot for making it happen. I really feel like it's the weight of his personality that brings everyone together. And he's so widely respected in this sport. And, you know, this event is you know, it's an amazing place to be. You guys are saying it's your first time here. I was just going to say, you know, there's very few people that actually get the chance to come see this go down. It's really a, a small thing, and it's designed that way, and yeah, it's a good time. Yeah, I was. We were, <laughs> we were walking back to the RV from the from the main barn there, and I was telling Tom, I was like, you know what I like about this is that there's like, there's no randos walking around. No, nah. uh, except for us. <laughs> we're we're the randos today. Yeah, there's like, the there's like six of them. <laughs> they are like everyone's looking around, like who are those rando guys? They're like, oh, that's yeah, that's us. We're the token randos. Yeah, no, it's <laughs> it's incredible the group of people that that are here and. You know, it's a week long, so everyone really gets to know each other too. You get mm-hmm. to actually drop in, have some beers, hang out at night. It's fun. Yeah, that's that's really cool. How many years has this been going on now? Do you know that? I don't know. I'd have to ask Cam. Yeah, this is yeah. my this is my first time here. Um, I know they've at least been doing it for three years. It's possibly much longer than that. Yeah, yeah, yeah and it, I'd noticed too today. It, it seems like um, Cindy is kind of the main brand that I've seen here today. Is that is that the case? Yeah, I think, you know, Monster has a history of, of uh, backing this event. They've got a bunch of great riders here. But, um, you know, Cam Zink just being as involved in Sendy as he is, like this was an amazing opportunity. And then for us, you know, we're really doing a hard transition into summer right now. So yeah, mm-hmm. uh, if you download the Sandy app, visit Sandy.io, um, you'll see we've just, we, yeah, we've had a ton of snow sports related stuff, um, all winter, just people posting everything, snowboarding, backcountry skiing, whatever it is. Um, and so, yeah, this is, you know, us transitioning and really kicking off the summer, uh, into mountain biking, moto, summer sports. And, um, yeah, it just, it made a lot of sense. So we came in and, and backed it as, as much as we could. Yeah. For, for those, uh, listeners who might not be familiar, I'm sure a few people have heard the, uh, our, our little Sendy ads that we do mm-hmm. for each episode, but, um, give listeners kind of a, a, a recap or a summarization of, of what, Sen- what Sendy is. Yeah. Um, yeah. Sendy is, uh, yeah, just kind of a, you know, an idea dream that, that Travis and I, and, you know, Cam had been talking about for a while and, you know, we're happy it's live and in the world now, but it's a it's a peer-to-peer marketplace platform. Uh, so it's an app also available on a website, sendy.io. Uh, and it's buy, sell, or rent sports equipment. So you'll find like very highly categorized um, items, you know, from all kinds of specialty sports that we do. And uh, so, you know, motocross, mountain biking, fly fishing, snowboarding, skiing, uh, kites, kite surfing, surfing, like all kinds of stuff. So really like, you know, all of us are into many different sports and we've, you know, we've been, I don't know, I, I, we've just collected so much gear and our garages are just ridiculous. And, you know, not only like full blown, like boards and bikes and things, but also parts, right? Like, so, you know, shocks or drivetrains or whatever that, all of that kind of stuff, like we felt like was not really being efficiently distributed around the world. Mm -hmm. Uh, and at the same time, there's such a high, like cost barrier to entry to get into some of these sports. And so it just seemed like there's already a lot of stuff in the world and that if we could put something out there that would help like our community, and communities like just find each other and connect 
um, that, yeah, we could maybe make a difference and make it easier for people to get outside. And then also, you know, all of these, this equipment that we spend so much money on, you know, as of right now, it's almost like a joke, right? Like you're buying toys, buying toys and, you know, there's, yeah, it's kind of ridiculous how much money we spend on, you know, bikes or boards or whatever it is. And uh, the idea was to kind of like hold some of the value in that so that you can actually invest in the things that you love, buy nice stuff that lasts, mm -hmm. and then turn it around and it actually has like a resale value. You can find the market, uh, you know, who is that exact person for that exact size item for that sport. And we really didn't feel like that existed. And so, yeah, Sunday, we, we kept it very specific to our community. It is very much built as like an adventure sport marketplace. And, um, it's the problem we were trying to solve really. Yeah. I think it's such a great idea. I'm a big believer in, you know, buying used if you don't need to buy new, mm -hmm. you know, and, and keeping stuff out of the landfill. And mm -hmm. there's always plenty of good life left in a lot of equipment. Oh yeah. And, you know, and just, and I think the, um, we've talked about it before, but um, just the kind of the scam side of the, you know, like paint bike or Craigslist. That's why I never sell anything. It's just, a, it's just not easy. Yeah. 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 I think, you know, the like for me growing up, like Craigslist was kind of the only go-to kind of, you know, thing. And then I think, you know, Facebook Marketplace jumped in there, but pretty much had a lot of the same problems. And I think, you know, even during COVID, those were exhausted exasperated i guess exacerbated exacerbated yeah. there you go yeah. who uses facebook um, anymore anyway <laughs> well yeah that's the thing and and <laughs> to you read know, bad news like all of those are they like they force in-person media meetups if something's like not worth more than a 100 bucks it's like i don't know are you really going to list it on there not everyone will right um and so yeah this is it's peer-to-peer -peer and it's nationwide so it's ups integrated so someone in colorado can buy you know, skis that you're selling in Tahoe. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, the idea being that it really just connects our whole community through a platform that's custom designed, you know, to, to work for them. And yeah, I'd say, you know, adding one more thing on that is like, there's no way we could have built it the way we did without so much user feedback. Mm -hmm. um, and in some ways that's like, yeah, that's just been the absolute key component is that the community really got behind what we were doing and we just started getting incredible meaningful feedback like right away and um yeah so anyone listening to this like if you download the app if you're on it if you have uh suggestions or you know ideas or changes that you'd like to see like write us like we we literally read it and we do make changes and we're trying to make it something that really works for everybody so we just want to hear from cool. from our community yeah that's get great your, get your next bike for the summer on sandy totally yeah yeah, there's all kinds of stuff that I've been looking at on there. Yeah. Um, you guys, uh, you have come out of kind of nowhere, it seems like. It just, you guys launched in November. Yeah. And I'm, I'm starting to see the brand everywhere. Um, talk to us a little bit about when this idea came to fruition and like the process to build this thing and how long it took and, and the launch and, and everything like that. Yeah. Um... Yeah, we feel the same way where <laughs> <laughs> it's been a bit of a whirlwind. And in some ways, like we look up and all of a sudden the brand does kind of seem like it is everywhere. And we run into people just in the course of our normal lives that are already using it, that have already heard about it, that are already talking about it. And like, honestly, that's one of the most like rewarding things that I could ever imagine. It's like just, you know, this all started as an idea uh, in our head and 
I was up in Alaska for the first natural selection out in the Tordrillos. Uh, it was just unbelievable event. So Travis Rice's, mm-hmm. you know, kind of crowning achievement in certain ways of just bringing the entire backcountry snowboarding community together into one of the most challenging locations in the world and running a competition in on on the top of a glacier in the middle of the backcountry. Like it's yeah, kind of got to be Travis Rice to pull that off. It's it's not right. <laughs> it's impressive. It's not not, <laughs> a, not an easy <laughs> recipe to get right. Um, but yeah, so we were out there, and you know, a lot of what we've done in our work is interfacing with brands and sponsors, and how do these, you know, brands and sponsors get value for for their products or their businesses out of backing these events? And you know, on the athlete and event organizer side, it's tough because you're always trying to find a way to bring value to brands so that you can get the money to do the things that we love to do. Yeah. And, um, yeah, with Sandy, you know, in like beyond the actual like problem, which to us was a clear problem, which is like, whoa, there's a lot of gear out there. It's not well distributed. There's, you know, we all remember being kids when you walk into the store and you're, you know, drooling over like a snowboard that there's no way you're going to afford. Right. And, and like, we have been those people who are like, you know, just like wanting to mountain bike, wanting to ski, wanting to snowboard, whatever it is. Um, and yeah, and there's just too many barriers to entry. And so we recognized all of those problems. But I think when the light bulb like really went off was like how we as Sandy like are are relevant to every sport, every person in every sport. Like we're literally just as useful to someone who loves fly fishing as we are to someone who loves free ride mountain biking. Right. So, right. um, I think that like being able to like speak to a hundred percent of the communities, um, that like we literally consider our community, like, you know, anywhere we travel in the world, we find the people that love to do what we love to do. Mm-hmm. Um, And yeah, so it was really brainstorming on like, okay, like if we do this thing, like we'll be able to back the events and film projects and content and everything that we want to do, put incredible content, back the riders and athletes that we love, throw some amazing events and do so with a product that's literally useful and relevant to every single person watching, no matter what sport it is. Um, And so, yeah, I think... You know, as we started talking about it, uh, it was, you know, over the course of two, three months that, you know, Travis and I were talking about it a lot. And it really just started to, like, crystallize. Um, This was probably, I think it was probably April of 20, maybe April of 2021. Um, Wow. So post-COVID. This is recent. Right in the middle of it. Two years ago. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was right in the middle of COVID. We were pulling off the Alaska event kind of in the middle of all that. And um, and yeah, so you know, at the time I still was working full time, even more than full time. So it was something that I started to look at, okay, how are we going to go about doing this? Um, and then, you know, once I started actually putting some energy in, it just kind of took off and started rolling by itself. And as far as like the process goes, you know, we... I interviewed pretty much all over the world looking for the right software team to build it. And, you know, Travis is very meticulous in everything he does. And, you know, Sandy's no different. So it's like we had a very clear vision of what we were trying to accomplish. And uh, I ended up settling on uh, a team that is based in Ukraine, actually based in Kiev. Um, This is before the war, before the invasion. That wasn't on anyone's radar, right? And so we, uh, yeah, we started working over there. 
yeah, wireframing, getting all the basic designs up. And then when we really started hardcore dev, uh, I think it took us about 10 months to build and launch the product, which I, I have to imagine is close to some kind of record because it was pretty quick. Um, yeah, so we yeah built that. Meanwhile, the invasion happened. That was in February. Um, That's so crazy. Yeah, and that was, you know, that kicked off a whole other bunch of stories that you know at some point we'll go into. But like, have you been over there a few times? Yeah, so I was over there in um, November. So it was actually we we had planned to launch Sendy on uh, November eleventh, twenty twenty two. So last year. Uh, which is six months ago now, I think. Yeah. Um, so we kind of had that in our mind as like a launch date. We had a bunch of stuff ready to go just to blast this out into the world. And uh, and then Russia started bombing some of the power stations. And all of a sudden, when we're Zooming with our team in Ukraine, they're in dark apartments wearing parkas in the cold in the middle of the winter. And, you know, internet connections were going out. And, uh, yeah, I pretty much realized uh, I didn't have, you know, many options if we were going to, get this thing out in the world and, you know, stay on schedule, then I needed to go over there and bring them, uh, you know, a couple of Starlinks and generator and some stuff. So I booked last minute travel, flew out to Poland, took a bus across the border and, you know, universe is funny thing, but, uh, we ended up launching Sendy at 2 AM Ukraine time, exactly as I was crossing the Polish border into Ukraine. Um, so shot a quick selfie video, just thanking everyone, like literally right on the border. Wow. Uh, stayed up till 6 a.m. Um, fielding emails, phone calls, incoming, you know, problems, bugs, every every single thing that happens when you launch a software, you know, product like this to thousands of people. We literally had, I think, 2,000 users in the first 24 hours or something. It was, it was pretty cool. Um, and then, yeah, and then I slept four hours. And then the next morning I met our uh, our head of, uh, you know, software development is a guy named Vlad, who had also mm-hmm. been up all night dealing with bugs and emails and hassle. So, yeah, after working together for a year, we met for the first time, you know, the morning that Sandy had launched uh, in Lviv in Western Ukraine. Um, it's pretty wild. When was, what was it like? I mean, have you, had you ever been to Ukraine before? No, absolutely not. No. <clears throat> have you been to Europe before? Yeah. Yeah. I've been yeah. to, you know, Western Europe. <laughs> yeah. It must've been, I mean, were, were you, well, the first question comes to mind is does the, when the, when you cross over into Ukraine with an American passport, yeah. does the American government like, like reach out to you or give you a warning or say anything or is it kind of like you're just on your own and good luck and no it's very on your own like to be honest like you know i landed so i was out in hawaii um so i ended up flying from hawaii to california cali to poland to warsaw and then i got on a bus in warsaw the bus i was on was going to kirsan which is a city that had been literally liberated that day and um yeah, so I jump on the bus. I got off in uh, in Lviv in Western Ukraine, and then I drove with Vlad across Ukraine back to Kiev, uh, which was like an eight-hour-plus road trip across like the heartland of Ukraine. Um, and I was, yeah, I mean, there was no backup. I'm not sure if anyone knew where I was. And um, you were solo? Solo. Until you met... Yeah, wow. solo. Yeah, for quite a bit of it. I mean, like the, the wow. way out of there was pretty wild because I left... I left the bus station in Kiev and it was pretty much, you know, it's pretty much like a, like refugee situation, right? Like pretty crowded, wild bus stop, 
soldiers saying goodbye to families, like really like heart wrenching, deep stuff to witness. And, um, the thing that really saved me was like Google translate because they don't even have the same alphabet. So I would like look at a sign on a bus and it's gibberish to me. I have no idea where it's going or anything. So I was like taking photos of stuff of signs, translating it, ended up getting on a sprinter, um, that went north and, uh, it was like a 15 hour drive. I was in there with all women and children because no men are allowed to leave Ukraine. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I was with all women and children, refugees, and we basically did 13 hours along the Belarusian border. And, um, and that trip north of Kiev, uh, was the exact road that the Russians had come down when they were trying to, to invade. Um, and for over two hours of driving, every single thing that I saw was either destroyed or full of bullet holes. So like we stopped in gas stations with thousands of bullet holes. Like if, if like a bus stop, like anything someone could hide behind a mailbox, a bus stop or anything was just full of bullet holes. And, you know, I think that was, that was really like what drove home, like the scale of the conflict. Like it looked like world war two. It looked like a hundred years ago. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's an, you know, the, the thing I have to say though on that is the Ukrainian people were amazing. Like mm-hmm. almost have, have, yeah, I don't think I've ever felt so welcome as an American anywhere. Like people were literally like coming up to me and thanking me, like as if I personally sent them tanks, like yeah. it was incredible. And their spirit and the resilience over there was like, yeah, it was life-changing to witness, to be honest. It's amazing that through everything they're going through that the people are still just, you know, developing Sandy yeah. and bringing oh, yeah. it it's... to the finish line and not, you know, that's, yeah. it says a lot about that, about their culture and their, and the people. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I, it's honestly, you know, when all that happened, it was pretty stressful, right? Like, you know, yeah. um, like for everyone involved, it was like, wow, this thing's going to come apart at the seams here. And, right. you know, I had Vlad calling me from traffic, literally with incoming cruise missiles in the background. And oh he was like <laughs> telling me that he was going to be a couple of days late delivering something. And I was like, <laughs> dude, that's okay. Don't worry about <laughs> it. You know? And, uh, and, wow. and the most insane thing is even with all of that, they literally hit the launch date to the day. Incredible. That's, that's incredible. Yeah. Incredible. Yeah. So, and they're still working with you guys now. And, oh, yeah. And we'll work with them everything. forever. Like, they're basically like brothers. Like, they're, you know, they are part of the Sendy crew for life. Well, like, if you can deliver a, a, a product on time in the midst of a war, mm-hmm. I think you're probably good yeah. to go forever. Yeah. <laughs> right? I mean, like, what else are they yeah. going to have to face? No, I mean, that's the Sendy credentials are fully established. Like, they're with us forever. So that's our team. That's such a cool story. Yeah. I mean, yeah, when I heard, I, when Sam told me that story, I was just like, are you kidding me? And then I read there was an article in Forbes yeah. about it, right? Yeah, yeah. And, and, you know, that was really cool because, you know, originally when Forbes got in touch with us, um, they were mostly running with the athlete angle, right? Like, just, right. you know, Travis Famous, Cam's Famous, they were kind of taking that approach. Yeah. Uh, and I think once they kind of, like, got a couple layers into what we were doing um and found out kind of like how we brought this into the world like they actually completely pivoted and and they ended up interviewing our team in ukraine and they completely went down uh that road and they took that story and i think did a really beautiful article like it kind of i really felt like they did a nice job they did do a nice job and it's a power it's a powerful article it's a powerful story yeah it's a real deal 
It's the real deal, man. And you guys seem to be the real deal. I mean, like just hanging out yeah. with you for uh, a short period of time today, getting yeah. to know you a little better. You're into everything. Let's talk a little bit about what you're into. I mean, I think it's a reflection of Cindy. You're doing, yeah. you do all the sports. I do, yeah. And uh, yeah, you know, I think like, you know, what I was telling you earlier that I'm like moderately good at most sports. Yeah, and, uh, yeah. Yeah, so I think, you know, I never dove as deep into any one of these things as like some of my co-founders did who obviously took it to the highest level possible. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, ever... You know, I think ever since I discovered surfing when I was probably about 14, uh, I was kind of like, okay, I don't really want to do like the team sports and stuff anymore. And I was, yeah, like I said, I can relate to people who are like trying to find some good gear and don't have any cash. Like I remember trying to get a mountain bike for two years. Like I probably didn't get one until I was 16. And then, yeah. you know, I was hooked on that. And then. Yeah, everything from like running rivers, rafting, you know, backcountry snowboarding, snowmobiling, um, yeah, all kinds of stuff I'm into. And I think, you know, my new, yeah, the new thing I like to put a little more time into is some of the wind sports. So, mm -hmm. yeah, getting a little more into like kiting. Um, I was down in the Marshall Islands with uh, Keahi uh, and Rio Stevens, are just world class you know kite surfers and just watching them work magic on some of these waves and i was like wait a second what am i doing paddling into these waves like yeah. you know it's like <laughs> it's like a toddler crawling like these guys are like yeah full power wind you know coming into barrels at 40 miles an hour is just like literally the most incredible thing i've seen so there's always something new to learn you know and when you learn something new it's always like humbling and super humbling yeah and and i think that's super humbling yeah. you know that's like what to me makes you know our community and like these sports like really special is that it's it's not necessarily a competition against anyone else and i think that's right. what what's really special about this event that we're at the cam zinc uh, invitational is that yeah it's you against the mountain and you against yourself and your own mind and your own fear and uh, and I think that that humbles people and it grounds people. And, mm -hmm. you know, I would love to live in a world where more people, you know, were passionate about these kinds of sports and spending more time in nature. And, you know, that's what we're trying to do. Yeah. And and pass it on. Like yeah. that one thing I heard just as we were here today was that there was a, a younger man here who's only 15 years old. And I guess he yep. was just sending it last night. Yep. And it's so cool that the that someone like Cam, the older generation, is passing on the knowledge and, oh, yeah. and inviting someone like that, bringing him here, and yeah. and showing him, you know, showing him the ropes, showing him the jumps. Yeah, that's probably showing him the lines. Probably Kalana. I heard him on the phone with his mom. He's like, "Hey, mom, <laughs> do you like that clip I sent you?" She's like, "Yeah, babe." He's like, "Yeah, no, I think it was like seventy-five foot. There was a couple hundred. It's like you know, this kid's like, yeah, he's fifteen at the most, and uh, yeah, it's 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 amazing and." You know, something we did in Alaska recently, so we're up for Natural Selection in March. Um, awesome event. Check it out. Uh, NaturalSelectionTour.com. Definitely check it out. But um, yeah, we were up there and we ended up shooting a couple content pieces actually about like the underground backcountry shedders. So like mm -hmm. the guys that are, you know, they spend- The core lords. Like yep. super core. Like they core spend lords. Yep. two months a year living in the back of their truck in a parking lot in yep. Thompson Pass. Yep accessing you know some of the hardest lines in the world with snowmobiles completely unsupported right there's mm -hmm. no right there's no backup plan and um and just like the knowledge you know part of what we wanted to capture with some of that content and and some of those some of that footage was like you know it's a lot of knowledge and experience 
to be able to move safely through like glaciated terrain and these mountains and do what we do. And, and a lot of that is passed down, you know, word of mouth and by, by being with people who have learned it. And often those people have learned it from someone else. And yeah. And I think, you know, with Travis, Cam and I, like, you know, we've all benefited from learning from the people before us. And I think passing that wisdom on is really important. Mm -hmm. Um, and there's definitely a vision, you know, for Sandy, uh, it's hard to do everything at once, but I think down the road, we'd love to create a platform that kind of enables that a little bit more to where if you're, if you're coming into a new area and you want to ride or explore something that like make it a little bit easier to find someone who can, you know, get you out there and show you kind of what it's all yeah. about. How I've always it. thought that there's room in the, in the backcountry ski world for, for a, a nonprofit organization that would help do that. Yeah. 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 I think the, one of the things that really stood out to me as soon as I started learning about Sendy and, and playing with the app is, you know, you guys seem to be sitting on a, a social media platform. I mean, beyond an e-commerce kind of platform or this peer to peer type, type of network, like, all these people who are on the platform, you know, you verify them, they're actual people, they actually do these sports, you know, um, they're friends, you know, there's all these connections, right? People know each other and their circles, right? Mm-hmm. And so, you know, with social media these days, man, it's just filled with so much junk and garbage and distractions. It would be really cool to have like a kind of a social media platform that's like targeted towards like the outdoor adventure athlete that loves doing the same kind of stuff that, you know, their friends and peers do. And the way that Cindy works, it seems like that's a potential future kind of path. Is that something you guys have considered or thought about or dreamed about? Yeah. Yeah. I think, um, yeah, we've, we've had so much work on our plate and just moving so quickly. And, um, yeah, yeah, it's been, you know, it's been a lot, a lot of heavy lifting to get it to where it is, but I definitely think that there is room for that. And, um, yeah, yeah. And really, you know, for us, like the more the community like gets on and creates accounts and starts engaging with each other and, uh, you know, the more potential we have to continue building software that works for our community. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, that's kind of how we, think of ourselves like we've we've got some business expertise we've got some software expertise we definitely know the sports that we love pretty well and you know with all that how do we create something useful for like literally the people we love and um yeah so yeah so you know really i think over the next like couple of years like for us it's about getting our our core community involved so you know it's probably a lot of your listeners but it's just like yeah if if you know, people are backing us and getting on the platform and using it and engaging with us. And, you know, the most amazing thing is like every single person who uses this product is cool. Like our customer service is like probably one of the easiest jobs in the world because everyone who contacts us is cool. And it's like, that's why we love, you know, what we do. Yeah. And, um, so yeah, I think, you know, over the next like couple of years, if we're, you know, really picking up steam and we find that there's you know demand for that we definitely have some ideas on how we can make that work have you guys had challenges um so far with kind of the the verification of people like people saying who they they are who they say they are or or like scammers or, or anything like that are you dealing with that yet so yeah like ironically for the first time in six months uh that might have popped up this morning uh-huh. and um 
So, you know, generally the way Sandy is built, it's it's very safe, right? It's like there's, you know, phone verification codes, like we're building ID verification for the rent stuff. Like, you know, every step of the process, we generally know exactly who someone is. Um, and so, you know, when you when you sell something on Sendy, uh, that money from the buyer is held like in an escrow account with us. Yeah. When that person receives the item, they basically have 48 hours to submit a claim if it's different than what was pictured in the photos. And so honestly, that hasn't happened ever. Not once, not one, one transaction. And that's part of why I just think our community is amazing. Um, but yeah, this morning, you know, someone reached out to our customer service and said that someone was trying to get them to transfer money for the bike on PayPal. And I was like, yeah, no, do not do that. Uh, you know, Sendy is built with an internal wallet. Um, as long as you're sticking with the platform, it should be very well protected, very well built. And then, of course, you know, we as an organization, if anything goes wrong, like we're going to have your back. So, uh, yeah, I think... The only thing we need to be concerned of is kind of like a lot of other platforms. If someone reaches out and says, hey, send me money through a third-party platform, and, you know, that's what you got to kind of keep so out for. So the, the, the way to control it is to con- to hold the funds and control the funds and be, yeah, the, be like, the intermediary between the two parties with the funds. Yeah, and, you know, we're not the first ones to invent this. Like, it's, right. you know, Etsy, eBay, Reverb, like, for, for many different categories of items, like, this is all, from a software perspective, problem that's been solved. And so we're not reinventing the wheel. We've just put a lot of like very common safeguards in place. And I think as long as people are in the Sendy ecosystem, um, you know, there's very limited opportunity to actually get a successful scam off. Yeah. 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 And, and I think that is like one of the reasons people use it, honestly. Yeah. It's probably the safest way to then sell a high, a high dollar item. Like a it seems like to me. Yeah. I mean, it seems way safe. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, yeah, that was, that was obviously like problem number one that needed to be solved. So I'd say, you know, more thought has gone into that than almost anything else. It's just like, how is this the safest, simplest, most secure way for us to transact across the country for high value items? Mm -hmm. So we had a lot of thought going into that. Now you had mentioned to me that you met Travis, um, was it snowboarding or surfing? Uh, yeah, we actually met snowboarding uh, up at Baldface uh, outside of Nelson, okay. BC. And yeah. then how did you meet Cam? Um, so Cam, uh, I was actually with Travis. <clears throat> so Travis and I, we actually met snowboarding, but ended up going on a lot of surf trips together. Like, I'm not sure everyone knows that, but he's a good surfer too, and he's pretty passionate about it, and he used to live on a boat in the summers. It's a pretty good lifestyle. But yeah. uh yeah, so um, so we've done a lot of surfing together. We were down at uh, the Surf Ranch, just um, like that wild wave in Central California, and it's kind of I don't know. Is that that's not Hollister, is it? Um, it's no, not no, Hollister. That's, that's those are real waves. This is the yeah. This is a Kelly fake Slater wave. Oh, wave oh, oh, it's a surf. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. In Lemoore. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. Oh, in Lemoore. Okay. Oh, yeah. No, it's like <laughs> it's yeah. It's it's wild place. So. Um, but yeah, so that was kind of, you know, Kelly Slater's, uh, you know, dream mm-hmm. wave in mm-hmm. a sense. You know, they tried to build the perfect wave and they did a pretty damn good job, I'd say. Yeah. Um, and, you know, actually one of the uh, financial <laughs> backers for uh, the Wave Ranch actually came in and backed Sandy. Um, so that's, you know, we we're stoked on that. But we were all hanging out uh, at the Wave Ranch and Cam rolled up right after Red Bull Rampage. 
uh, where he probably took like, I don't know, like a 60 foot step down, like straight to the shoulder, just like toughed it out and somehow drove from, you know, Utah over to the, to the surf ranch and just showed up. And, uh, so we ended up hanging out with him all weekend and, um, he came with his whole family. It was cool. Did he get barreled? Oh yeah. 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 Nice. Cam's, Cam's got Cam barreled. barreled. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Killer. Um, yeah. And, uh, so yeah, we had the whole, so this was, this was two years ago or so, something like that. And, you know, so I hadn't met Cam, but at this point I'd known Travis for probably eight years. And, uh, you know, at the end of the weekend, you know, Travis was like, Hey, you know, I really think that we should bring Cam into what we're doing on Sunday. And, um, uh, and you know, in some ways they're like a similar gravitas to them like they're both like mm-hmm. you know icons mm-hmm. of these sports like they've they've put their time in absolutely and they're like pushing the limits yeah and they're battle yeah. hardened and they've like you know this is this kind of thing like any you know business or community or whatever it's like if if you're not a good guy that eventually comes out in the wash and totally. and people know it and yep. like for these guys to have like 20 years of staying power where they're still like respected and loved like that says a lot about their character absolutely and so yeah so it was kind of a no-brainer i ended up just sitting down with cam giving him you know the lowdown on what we were trying to accomplish and he was basically like all in and uh so yeah i mean cam has just like stepped up to the plate and just been such a crucial part of the whole thing i'm just so glad we got him involved yeah like big time i think that and i think that has a lot i mean you know that that celebrity factor is a thing man like when you can say hey these two guys back this thing their name is on it and yeah and it means something you know but and also like you know so um sam who is this? I call him Sandy Sam. Sam is kind of your yeah, employee number one. He's standing outside yeah. the RV right now. He just came and gave oh, a shaka. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's giving a shaka and he's on his phone. I guarantee he's texting with a customer. He um, he is just like this, um, you know, like super charismatic guy, and and like and he and he was the guy that I was first introduced to, you know, and he told me about you and was like, Oh, Ian does all the things. He's like into all the different sports and he has a super successful business background. So this isn't your first endeavor. What were you doing before Sendy as a business? Yeah. So I've had a few. So my first, first business, like I've always had that kind of drive. And I think part of it's cause you know, I started by literally waiting tables as like a caterer and packing trucks and stuff. And I was like, okay, how do I never do this again? You know, it was some pretty tough work, like when I was in high school and college. And, uh, so pretty much right out of college, I started a company uh, called Balsa Tribe and we made uh, balsa wood surfboards down in Ecuador. So it was, I think the first fully biodegradable surfboard that was commercially produced. Um, so we used plant-based resins. We used like bamboo cloths, like, you know, really cool stuff. And then full, like hollow bamboo cores. So I did that for six years. I then was CEO of a CBD company called Hemp Fusion, um, which, yeah, over the course of the life of it, I think we raised like 60 million or so, ended up taking it public. Um, and with that, uh, you know, I oversaw a lot of marketing, a lot of digital marketing. We had a, you know, really good athlete team there for a while. Um, and yeah, learned a lot both about, you know, how things should be done and how things should not be done. And, um, and also, you know, like that company, that company was built in, you know, kind of began to coalesce like in the 2008, 2009 kind of economic down cycle. So 
you know, things were a little rougher there. Um, and it was just one of those things where, you know, after years of that, it's like, okay, I have all the stuff that I love and is fun to do. And then I have work. And those two yeah. things are mutually exclusive right. and have nothing to do with each other. Right. And, uh, Except yeah. you can take some CBD after a long day yeah. on the bike and feel a little better, I guess. Yeah, but it's still a pain <laughs> in the ass to get right. that product in someone's hand right. and ship it all over the place. And so, yeah, I think, you know, with, with Sandy, when we started working on it, it was, it was a passion project. It's something that, you know, it was, some, it was combining, like, some of my business knowledge and past and marketing knowledge and you know, everything that we all had, all the tools that we've accumulated over the last 20 years in our professional careers and really just combining it into like the ultimate passion project. And um, yeah, this is certainly the most fun and most excited, I, you know, of anything I've ever done. For sure. it, we're super excited for you guys. And we're also just super excited to like to have you guys as our first supporter. Oh, we're know? psyched. Yeah. We, we just started this thing. Like we were talking about, how about and I bought a, you know, a kid off <laughs> Amazon or whatever. I mean, we both have a big background. Like he was in photography and, and uh, media for a long time. And I've been a writer for 20 years. So like we have a background in media and marketing, but like the podcast thing, we just like, Hey, we need to do this. It was a passion project for us. Yeah. It, well, it, it, it is. It's not was it. Yeah, it, it is, is. for sure. Yeah. It's well, the way passion. the idea of it came from true passion. Totally. For, for from doing this stuff all yeah, our lives. Things that we yeah. Love. You know, it's just like, I cover the dirt side. He covers the snow side awesome. and it's like profiling core Lords. Like you were talking about those guys mm -hmm. up in Alaska, like that the core Lords of the sport is really what we want to profile. And, 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 um, and there's so many parallels between a Sendy user mm -hmm. and someone I think who would listen to this podcast. And that's why right out of the gate, we were like, God, this is like a perfect match. Yeah. You know, we don't, I mean, we're doing this as a passion project. I don't want to just, we don't want to take like, you know, endorsement or sponsorship from anyone or any brand. Like we want to, we want to do this for the right reasons. And yeah. we want to have the right supporters when who are, we're all on the same page and looking at what you guys are doing and being at this event and getting to know you and Sam better. It's just like, it's such a, a great match. And we're, we're really thankful that you guys are s supporting us. And, and I think, oh, yeah, man, it's a, it's a no brainer. I mean, like you guys are what we're all about. Like the, yeah. you guys are the real deal roots. You do this stuff because you love it. Like, like we get it. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. It's a cut from the same cloth for sure. And yeah. And like, you know, back to Sam, just as far as like, yeah, like literally if you call Sandy customer service or need support with something, there is a 90% chance you're going to talk to Sam. Yeah. And it's the thing, like every single person involved in this company is like the real deal. Like we love this stuff. Like, yeah. you know, Sam, I met, uh, you know, surfing, uh, Northern coast, California, probably 15 years ago. He's an incredible surfer and he had, yeah. you know, he had a couple of injuries that, you know, head injuries that nearly made him blind. He had to give up oh, surfing. Wow. Um, and then he just shifted into rock climbing and mm -hmm. now he's like a five thirteen plus like super gnarly sport wow. climber. Just like, you know, he's, yeah. I mean, like we're all a really like good musician too, right? Incredible he plays bass. musician. Yeah. 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 He plays guitar, bass, like yeah. all this stuff. So multiple bands and, but yeah, it's just, we just want to do stuff we love with people we love and, you know, we're trying to figure out how to do it best. And, uh, Yeah. Is Sam your ride to the airport? Yep. Is that why he's pacing yeah. outside the RV <laughs> right now? It's possible. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's probably right. Probably so, keeping me on track. So Ian has to. Yeah. 
Ian, Ian's got a heart out here. Yeah, so, he's, yeah, so we're going to let Ian go. But, Ian, before we let you go, we always ask our guests uh, one question. And uh, mind the track. What does mind the track mean to you when oh, you hear that word? Boy, that's that's a good one. I think, yeah, to me, the first thing that popped into my head with that is like when I'm on a sled, snowmobile, yeah. and there are skin tracks. Yeah. I do my best to not ride in those skin tracks. Oh, yeah. oh thank you. That's a good one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I'm thankful Robot for will appreciate that. Yes. Yeah, that's the first thing that pops into my head. Rad. Well, Ian. We'll get yeah, you. They, we'll get you we'll on get you your airport and, ride. And, and real quick too, where can people find you if they, they yes. want to reach out or anything? Can, uh, yeah, I mean on Instagram, I'm Mana Wolf, M A N A W O L F. Yeah, and then you know through Sendy, uh, Ian at Sendy.io. Uh, every single person that downloads the app and creates a profile gets an email from me, uh, so I'm easy to reach. And cool. That's the whole point. I'm trying to be available. So yeah, and and you guys. Before I go, I just want to thank you too like it's so awesome to meet you and yeah just sit in this rig with this view at this event it's like it's the culmination of everything that we're about so just wanted to thank you awesome yeah cool thanks yeah thanks you we were well, safe really travels appreciate you, man. it man yeah, yeah safe travels all right you guys talk soon right, right on joe we were talking earlier about core lords and you know we're all about the core lords and there are so many senders at this um at cam zinc's invitational this week but we really want to uh give some due credit to mm-hmm couple guys who have made this event literally happen in the dirt moving earth like maniacs we we talk about trail building and trail builders and and trails on this on this uh podcast but today we want to introduce um henry wilkins and damon iwanaga who are two of the main builders here at cam's property um Henry and Damon, welcome to Mind the Track. Yeah, thanks for having yeah. us. Thanks. Super stoked. This is yeah. my first podcast, yeah. so I'm excited. <laughs> this is the first time we've ever had four people. This is people. a yeah, quattro. Yeah, this is a quattro. We've got we've got our uh, little Zoom pod track P4 maxed out it's, right now. <laughs> we're all touching knees, but it's comfortable. Yeah, we're in the back of the Sun Raider. You know, it's, I mean, it's so small, but yet kind of space efficient given how tiny it is. And I mean, you couldn't do this in the back of a four wheel camper. Yeah, yeah. yeah the view we were talking about it earlier. The view is pretty amazing here. Yeah, and it's kind of a comfy mid, midday spot, too, to be hanging out. Because no, no one seems to be riding right now because it's kind of hot and windy. Yeah. And yeah. I think I think we're living large Yeah, right now. This is the time. Hanging, hanging in the back of the Sun Raider. Yeah. Sun Raider. I love the name. We're having a foursome in the Sun Raider. <laughs> <laughs> so, guys, it's, it sounds like you guys have been out here for t- two solid weeks moving dirt. Yeah, this will be the third week that we've wow. been yeah. out Consistently, here every, day. every single day. And we're still technically working, it feels like. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, this doesn't stop. It's, uh, yeah, obviously a little more fun because everyone's here right now, but... I mean, Cam's doing his thing. Hank and I know we got to keep doing our thing, make sure everyone's happy and everything. make sure everything stays running good. And yeah, so it's just still work, but a lot more fun. So when we rocked up here today, the first thing we saw was that super rad jump line on the left. And it sounds like that's you guys. You guys it's, just built out. That's the newbie. We call it a... What's it called? Heyman's Dank. That's the name of the <laughs> <Yeah>. line. <laughs> Reverse <laughs> our letters and there you go. Yeah. It's, a, it's, it's Dank. <laughs> Heyman's Dank. It's Damon and Hank's line, but Heyman's Dank. I yeah, like it. We want to make like a sick sign. I have like a mannequin and set them up at the top or something, and yeah. yeah, make it make it official. So when did you guys start digging in on that? That was oh, so TDS was the last weekend in April. That was yeah, the yeah. first first week in May. Yeah, yeah. We gave ourselves one day off after TDS. That was a 
insane week and i don't know if you guys have heard of that event oh yeah oh, yes. yeah. yeah we just had amy morrison on the show a couple oh, weeks killer. ago amy is the, um, the raddest but yep. yeah she's pretty right she's she's the core Lord, coolest sure. teacher out there for yeah. sure my mom's a teacher she's super awesome but amy kills it yeah <laughs> yeah so she we had her on the show uh the day before she left two tds yeah two tds Kill. so she was in yeah. around two tds that day yeah and went and sent it pretty big and won. dude she won by like a handful of minutes which is insane yeah so you guys were you there dig, were you guys digging for for the for the crew there or were you there no, just to, no. dude there's there just racing. to drink and yeah and check it out and... yeah mostly to drink okay but we were racing too and you're racing you, too. yeah hank, hank killed it actually oh good 12th place 12th place really yeah. i haven't i've yeah. done tds four years in a row and this is the first year i finished it fully and the best placement i've ever gotten awesome well, See, not only do you dig trail but you just send it you, on the bike uh, too I was man. On one. my brother he was trying to talk crap that he wanted to beat me so i just got a full like mental focus of like okay let's go let's little brother it. prevails awesome. yeah. yeah so this is your brother brother cody cody who he's the one managing census rad trails yeah so let's talk yeah, a little it's... bit about that so census rad trails is a is a non-profit that cam started a few yeah, years ago he started a few years ago i don't know when but it just was kind of just sitting around and i guess one year cody was at rampage just hanging out um digging or taking photos or whatever but he, he was talking to cam he's like i want to start a trail building company and cam's like well don't do that just start rad trails so this is like kind of the third year that we're doing it this is my second full year that i'll be working under him that's but crazy i felt like it's been longer than that i would do things periodically but it wasn't like official like last year was like full on like okay we have a job for the entire summer yeah and did you guys uh do the do the reroute and the reworking of tyrol uh, we Was built the you? rad trails line up above the rad. Yeah. The, the, yeah, the yeah. jump line up. Yeah. Up I top. helped out not Yeah. I helped out like one day for that. Cause I was working at Truckee bike park at the time okay. and that was like my full-time job. So it wasn't easy to, uh, kind of swap back and forth the jobs, mm -hmm. but I stepped away from that. And Brooks, then, you didn't want to share. Yeah. No, he didn't. <laughs> <laughs> I was, I was everything there. I was like the, yeah, I just maintained all those jumps and whatnot, cool. but I just had to step away and just better opportunity and, you know, just mm -hmm. do better in life can't get sucked in there yeah <laughs> so you tr do you travel a lot are you are doing a lot of private private jobs it's or... it's been a lot of private jobs recently but yeah. last summer we did north star and jackson hole and woodward um we built a signature line at Wo or north star woodward yeah. we went and helped them revamp all their jump yep. lines and make it a little more mountain bike compatible just all their smaller dirt jumps for the kids camps um we're going back there right after this event actually I'm going to be clearing snow at the excavator. <laughs> yeah, you are. Yeah. But mostly during the summertime, it's like full on, like week off, two weeks off, and then disappear again. It's good. Yeah. I like yeah. traveling sometimes. And do you guys work together? Now, talk to us, Damon, about your your role with, you know, here at the, uh, at the Cam's Inc. Invitational, but then also beyond uh, what you do. Um, so I'm not really, I mean, I guess I do work with uh, Rad Trails, but... Um, I'm not like an employer of or an employee of Rad Trails. I just kind of help out here and there. I'm yeah. technically the only employee as yeah. of now. Okay. We pick and choose people that we need help with. I like gotcha. to go right when they finish the line and just ride. 
and that's the perfect. <laughs> hey, I me. do invite you. I'm like, yeah. Damon, I need your opinion. Yeah. You're the tester. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I I hate guinea pig in the big stuff. So I'm like, hey, like our friend Luke or Damon, like you want to come and test this out? <laughs> <laughs> it's super fun. I mean, not that I, I I love getting dirty and digging and, uh, yeah, my heart's in digging for sure, but I don't call or like classify myself as a trail builder or whatever. I just like to help out where I can Mm -hmm. just grunt work. What do you do for a day job? Day job. I actually, technically I'm still employed at the village ski loft in Incline Village. Mm -hmm. Um, I've been there for man, like eight years, I think now, Mm -hmm. super amazing people built at a crazy good family there yeah um but yeah this is like the first i mean i guess it's been like only a couple months now but kind of stepped away from there and mm-hmm. trying to just focus on riding um the past three years i've had crazy injuries not crazy injuries but just like consistent all you know every month it's like something one thing or another so just wanted to ride my bike and yeah yeah have fun with it i'm 30 now so it's i don't know how much longer i can keep doing this <laughs> or have this opportunity to step away from a day job and uh just ride my bike for fun so keep riding yeah, yeah. you'll be all right yeah who, who is i was gonna ask uh when you you mentioned age who's the oldest person sending here this weekend or this week at the Probably invitational cameron <laughs> kyle's younger than cameron right uh, I don't know. I think he is. Yeah, I think it's Cameron. Cam's 37. But when, when Cameron's brother, older brother, steps up to the plate to ride the jumps, he's the oldest. He's yeah, Howie's insane. Yeah, Howie, he's like a he's a hidden legend. Really? Yeah, he'll just come out of, you know, hasn't ridden in months, and he'll just throw down. On a, on a motorcycle or a no, bicycle, yeah. yeah. On a mountain bike. Yeah. Is bicycle. he living here in Reno? Yep, he's the one. He's uh, managing census grips he's like kind of the head oh. honcho sending and doing all the work at the headquarters and they're in are carson or where's census off of fourth street oh in reno, reno. yeah yep. okay right next to the strip club yeah interesting and, and henchmen's <laughs> is that was that by design or just by accident i think it was it happened naturally <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> a grip company a blessing in disguise yeah. <laughs> yeah i'm pretty sure cam tried to talk howie out of getting that spot but i mean it's a sweet building just not in the greatest of areas yeah grip next to the strip yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well that's so yeah because i i mean we're out tom and i are out there today and you know just watching everyone's sending and i'm just like uh i think somebody asked me so what do you think about this and i was like oh man you know just dreaming about what could have been because you know at at 46 i'm done with i can't i'm not going to start doing it now man i mean i do little jumps tom and i call them puppy air 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 puppy puppy. air puppy yeah yeah no no big air dogs air puppies <laughs> and uh this this place is like air saint bernard yeah, yes. yeah but everyone like loves massive. a puppy though yes yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah that's that's the right thing about air puppies right. everyone loves an air yeah. as everyone loves a puppy exactly yeah. but you almost have more air time than you're on the ground out here that's all the jumps are just so massive it's, it's crazy yeah how do you so how do you how did you get into designing i mean are you the designer too or Not, do you get do you kind of like just take direction from Cameron on like what he wants to see for or... this property? Yeah. Um, I was kind of, I mean, all those jumps just over the years, he's owned this property for what, like six years now, I yeah. think. And he had all the visions, you know, he had a bunch of people out here. We're just, we were just all kind of side helpers. Yeah. And then this year I mentioned to him, I was like, Hey, your property needs a lot of work. We should, you know, could you hire me to actually build the line and dedicate, you know, a month or whatever it is to get this place going. So the events dialed. 
Um, and then last fall I started, it was a mulch jump for this new line. That was, it was literally just a, like a dirt jump had mulch on it and it was just like a one hit wonder. So I looked at that. I was like, well, why don't we turn this into like a full warm up session line that people can watch from the garage and, you know, set up. So yeah, I just brought it up to Kay. I was like, Hey, I wanted to change this into a full line. And he's like, yeah, do whatever you want. Um, so you have, cool. you yeah. have some freedom. Like he yeah. sounds like you're off. Of now, now that like he's kind of seen the work I do through rad trails and operating machines everywhere we go, he, he loves all the work. So he kind of, yeah, he trusts our opinion on what we want and yeah. make it safe and comfortable for everybody. Yeah. But and how have you learned that over the year? I mean, is it I've, just, yeah, were you a rookie that when you got behind the loader the first time? Oh yeah. You got to start somewhere, but it's just all hours and stuff. I did it. The first time I really started operating machines was at Truckee Bike Park. But growing up in the middle of nowhere in New York, our dad had a front little backhoe. And 12 years old, he'd be like, all right, you want to drive the tractor up to this house and, you know, mm -hmm. just drop it off for me? I'm like, yeah, sure. Why not? So I started there, but yeah. never really, like, thought I'd be doing it full time. Yeah. But I love it. It's like a, yeah, it's just, it's like, once you get used to the machine, it's kind of just one with you. Once When you don't have to think about the controls, right? it's game on. Right. It's such an awesome sensation. It's just I mean, a big shovel. Yeah, it's like a kid in a sandbox with adult it's a it's adult sandbox playing in a sandbox as yeah, an adult. Pretty you know? much. And out here it's, you know, free reigns. Like if we have an idea, if we want to build whatever, you know, just kinda of pitch it to Cam. He's like, Yeah, do whatever you want. How's the terrain here? It seems really steep and um it seems maybe not actually the soil doesn't seem too bad here. What what are the challenges you deal with on this property building? Lots of water need lots of water in the summertime yeah and the whole upper part of his property he has a downhill trail up there i think if you had a machine up there to try to build a simple flow trail it'd probably take a year because there's so much granite boulders but everything down below it's all decompose so mm -hmm. in front of his shop and the line we built we barely had any rock but it's weird dirt it has to be soaked to the core in the front and then in the back it's chalky where you have to let it sit for hours it's so there's it's, no clay out here no, I don't. Not no, really, not really. Yeah, yeah. That's good. Yeah. I mean, yes and no. Good and bad, yeah. Good and bad, yeah. But the first week that Dame and I were out here. Um, it was like probably a good, good day after this winter. Every day, it was like three inches of snow, and we just kept working in it, and it was kind of a blessing in disguise. We just right. were able to stack everything. Compact we didn't need someone stuff. watering. We just were able to crank it out. And then the following week, we moved to the back, and it was way harder. Yeah. Just shuttle laps of water. Yeah. And this well doesn't work consistently 100% of the yeah. time. So you're battling that in itself and hoping that you can get a full tank of water just to get a lip done or something or landing and get some good dirt to work with. So, But yeah, we, that, had a, we had a lot of hands on deck, so we're very thankful that, you know, all the kids around Reno and just people who showed up for the event, they helped us crank it out. Like we had six people on a lip at a time, just pack it in and yeah. be done, carry on to the next. Yeah, it was yeah. almost too many people. Hank and I would be like doing something on our own and we're like, okay, we don't need that many people on one jump. We could kind of disperse them a little yeah. bit. <laughs> it is fun to like hang with your homies and build stuff, but we're trying to also accomplish something here. So We have four days left. Let's yeah, go. Yeah. Well, you guys have built some rad jumps here oh my god like, so what's the what's the sickest thing you guys have seen in the last week with, yeah. all, with all these pros showing up um, um like man. just trick wise on yeah, the jumps like, what's the sickest thing you've seen uh what was it curtis did the cliffhanger cliffhanger backflip yep. on the yeah. monster ramp was that this morning or yesterday that was yesterday's okay. afternoon and then our buddy luke cash rolled it um the big monster ramp sitting right down at the bottom yeah those are yeah pretty heavy hits yeah, curtis's he did a backflip heel clicker to superman 
which like when you think about that you're like how does that even work and how are How'd you, you even down to, to do, do that it? yeah yeah exactly <laughs> wow. but what's what's curtis's last name downs downs yeah and he was the one who was in the pit viper kit right yeah yep. yeah god we saw him send this morning He's yeah, yeah, he's he's insane. been in X Games. He rides for Nitro Circus Tour, oh, yeah. so he does he does all that stuff. Wow. Yeah, he's an animal. Yeah, I think and, he comes from a BMX background, possibly, but yeah, just crazy sender with the last name of Downs. It definitely shows. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And then, what's the worst wipeout you guys have seen this week? Ooh, uh, I has it been, actually, I haven't been seen okay? too many, but um, was it Camila? She, uh, yeah. She went down pretty heavy. Yeah. I didn't see it, but she's. I think up. she, yeah, she overcooked one of the jumps and just pretty much went OTB to the flats and hit her head pretty good. And I walked up to her in the shop and she was, had blood all over and I looked at her finger and I thought she had like a bandaid on her finger already, but it was just her skin just kind of going everywhere on her finger. Oh. And I was like, oh my God, that is so gnarly. <laughs> yeah, nasty. Yeah. Talk to us a little bit about um, this property and uh, like how how cam found it and then also i hear that the property next door used to be sean palmer this we're looking at a moto track that was sean yeah, palmer's yeah. moto track legendary moto track um what cam yeah he he found the property i think it was i don't know what happened but he found it for a very good price it's 169 acres yeah i was gonna ask how big it and, was yeah and it's uh, about it's, it's 830 feet of elevation so wow. so he's got like a, a good descent yeah like so behind this whole mountain over here yeah it's like a false summit so basically yeah. kind of like from his driveway just on the other side right here uh-huh. it goes straight up to the top did um, he know it was next to sean ball i think he did i think because he, he knew palmer and palmer yeah. uh, told him that it went for sale so okay. he came okay. immediately jumped on it but little do you know paul mudd old fmx rider absolute legend he lives right there Oh so wow! He, all the, there's ramps down there and a full moto track that you yeah, don't even know. I saw the notice. other moto track. On yeah, the way he's in. he's a hidden legend as well. Crazy. Yeah, so you're just surrounded by everybody. And Trent Palmer, um, the uh, bush pilot uh-huh. and drone operator, he lives across the street. So it's like a whole little valley of legends. Core Lords in in Red Rock, man. I love Red Rock. Yeah. It's a cool zone. I wish it was like that much closer though off the exit. I know. Because you get here like, okay, now 20 more minutes to get out here. <laughs> yeah. Well, this is like dead in the middle. Like Red Rock's what, like a 20 mile road and like we're kind of dead in the middle of the road. Yeah. Like north to south. To spit you out on 395 again. Right. Yeah. But it's a good little area. It's a really cool area and the views, man, are just crazy from over here. Yeah. Oh yeah. Sunsets every night are beautiful. Oh, I bet. So when you guys have been working here, have you been camped out here or did you, were you rolling home? We did like on the weekends, do it like one night and okay. just kind of hang out and make it easier for the next day. Mm-hmm. But then we would party too hard and then regret yeah, the next Yeah, I would say morning. those next days were not very yeah. efficient yeah. or productive. <laughs> but... Luckily we had a whole crew to kind of yeah. support us while we were struggling. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was our days off, you know, mm-hmm. or not days off, but time to decompress, I yeah. guess. Yeah. Take a little load off. But it, yeah, every now and then during the summer, we'll come out here and just camp and session for a day or two. It's super fun. What is your um, your favorite uh, jump that you guys built? That we built or just kind of on the property? That you guys built, that you're most proud of? I think, honestly, right now it's the quarter pipe. I don't know if you saw that down on the other side. He yeah, has an 18-foot tall quarter pipe that you can go oh, either wow. direction. Yeah, and it's all made by dirt. We built it three years ago, and then it kind of just decomposed kind of from all the rain and snow, but... We built that back up this year for everybody to session, and we saw some people go to the moon on it. Oh, wow. Yeah. 
Very cool. Wow. I haven't, I haven't hit it this year. Um, hopefully I will get to, but it's, it's very intimidating. It's a yeah, wall. That thing is yeah. scary. <laughs> and you got to just go as fast as you can from the shark fin into it. And you're just mobbing down this hill full tuck and go into this 18 foot wall and hope that you come back. Yeah. It's either all or nothing. You yeah. full commitment. And this yeah. is the first event I've ever been to where I'm like, I have no interest in doing anything except watching. <laughs> I, se- I sent Kurt a text last night because we, we knew we were coming out here. And I, I, I legitimately asked, like, should I even bring my bike? Yeah. You know, like, he's, I, I'm, I think I said, I'm not going to hit any 40 footers. Yeah. 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 Right. And no, I, I think we're going to go ride somewhere like in Verdi after this. So we'll yeah. go home, you know, and ride like pedestrian trails, you know? For sure. I mean, even though like we ride out here all the time, but that was kind of the idea of our warm up line was that when you came out here, you like, I mean, you didn't have a small jump to warm up on. Yeah. I mean, you could, I like to do this thing where I just pedal to the gate on up a hill just to kind of like ride my bike for a second <laughs> and then ride back to the shop. And then you go into a 10 foot tall ramp jump, you know? Yeah. So having that new line is nice to like work into something instead of just you know, cold go into like a gnarly, gnarly jump. It used to be the, just the monster ramp that you had to warm up on. Yeah. Like just full pin into that thing. And that's how you warmed up. Yeah. It hit like 20, 25 foot, but now they moved it back more. So it's even bigger. How do you, as a trail builder, how do you transition from building these like superhuman sized um, gaps and stuff to like trail that is forest service certified or legal or, you know, within within spec for the normal public to use? Um, well, working at Truckee Bike Park, when I'm there five days a week, you kind of just study the people that ride that park. Mm-hmm. You know, you build a lip and you see someone get sketchy on it or multiple people get sketchy on it. It's like, okay, got to dummy that down because it's an easier line. But yeah, And just traveling all around, building all sorts of size jumps. Um, I've just learned a lot of, you know, visually like, okay, we can make this you know, decent size and you kind of figure out your gap distance, what's comfortable, but it's, you just listen in on what people are thinking on how they want to ride a line and mm-hmm. just kind of, it's all trial and error. Yeah. But, a lot of trial and error. Yeah. Luckily the line that we built, it's, you know, there was like one or two spots that you had to pedal and just added a roller or kind of packed it down a little bit more. And it surprisingly, it worked very well. Yeah. But yeah, it's just kind of studying how people ride all the time and everywhere. And that's yeah. the kind of the idea. You want to make those lines so that you're not pedaling. You should be able to run. Yeah, it's just, just an effortless commit line. To your speed and, and not then, even braking. Like yeah. you don't want to yeah, have to pedal or brake and that kind of shows how good a line is built. Yep. And it's so satisfying to watch, you know, when you pull up in the morning, there's 30 people in line to hit that and everybody just first time drops in and no problem top to bottom. It's, yeah. it's like a lot of gratitude to that. Yeah. Yeah, that's really cool. I think that's the biggest pat on the back just I mean, people tell you you're walking around and everyone's stoked, but just seeing them like ride all day or whatever, having a smile on their face all the time, hooting and hollering and like throwing down tricks. It's like that it just shows right there. Like, yeah, this was built proper and people are having a good time on it. So cool. Huge, huge reward. Yeah. It's it's hard to keep the mindset though. It's like, I want to ride so bad. And then every morning I wake up, I'm like, okay, today I'm going to ride. And then you get there. I'm like, I'm still just so exhausted from all these weeks of just cranking this out. I thought I I was surprised to actually see you today. Cause you know, when we got, we got here around 10 o'clock and we were on the backside of the property 
And I was like, I wonder if Hank's here, man, or if he's just sleeping. Yeah. He's probably I, like, I am just over it. He's here. cuddled up in the yeah. 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 I set yeah. my alarm for 7.30 and woke up at 9. <laughs> <laughs> and then Cam- Cameron's calling me. He's like, hey, can you bring grease and some monster cans out here? I'm like, all right, yeah, I'm on it. Yeah. I think if we had the choice, we would definitely take a lot more time sleeping, but... I mean, we got to make it out here. Everyone's out here. Sunday, I'm dedicating a full day of sleep. <laughs> I've dedicated the whole next week to sleeping. Yeah, you can sleep when you're dead. Yeah. 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 I might die this week. <laughs> <laughs> sleep and golf. That's my two main main things I just want to do for the next couple of weeks. And and ride. I don't even want to ride. After this, I don't want to ride for like at least a week. Yeah. So this thing is going for a whole week, eh? Yeah, it'll end on Friday. Started Monday. Monday was kind of like a practice day, and then uh, people were still showing up. Uh, But I think we're a lot of people will be camping out Thursday, have like a little bonfire and cool. I don't know what the full plan is, but yeah. And what is the like? It's a. We were talking earlier about this a little bit is this just kind of like a, a kind of what they like a skate jam or it's like a it's kind of an invitational but they how is it who wins is there a winner there's a winner every day so it's like basically everybody that comes out here it's just you know ride do whatever you want hang out and it's not like there's no competition but yeah you're more comfortable when you're just around your homies and just sessioning a line because that's when you're feeling confident and You'll just want to throw down randomly. Yeah, yeah. So, off the hype. Yeah, so the way they have it this year, um, every day, someone there's a winner for a thousand dollars. So at the end of the day, before everybody leaves, they put their name down and write, like, kind of put in a vote on who they think won the day. Um, oh, okay. So at four twenty, they're gonna have the winner of yesterday. Proper. And mm-hmm. See what happens. It's a daily Sandy Award. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Pretty exactly. much. Yeah. Which is pretty cool. Because it's not like, you know, people might be thinking about just the tricks or who threw threw down the hardest, but it's kind of an overall judgment of like, you know, yeah, there's no, how like, late did that person stay up? Right. <laughs> yeah. There's no criteria like at a normal contest where your judges have like this, you know, list of like certain things to kind of base your numbers off of. It's just what you think of this person as a whole and what they did that day and how much they killed it. So how much do you guys feel that uh, style plays into this? You know, because like obviously someone can come out here and do a triple backflip or oh, totally. what, you know, like whatever it is. Like a, you I know. feel like it's but the like, most amount of laps too, and just because I saw some styly whips this morning. Yeah. I mean, yeah. to and me, love, like that's my favorite yeah. thing to see. Yeah, and do when I do air puppies. Yeah, <laughs> do little mini baby whips. whips. <laughs> baby whips, yeah. <laughs> not baby wipes. Baby whips, <laughs> puppy whips. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, like I, I like I like the fact that like someone could just come out here and win on style. Totally. Yeah, I, I mean, mean, to me, like, I don't do a lot of tricks and base, like, my riding office style. So, mm-hmm. like you're saying, like, someone could come out here and do a triple backflip, but if, like, someone like Hayden did a whip that was backwards, I'm probably more impressed with that than a triple backflip. Yeah. Just because right. it shows bike control and everything, and, you know, there's so many people out, not here, but just, like, in the world that can just go send it, you know, and are crazy, and will just, like, not give two hex, you know, out there, yep. but to like have really good bike control and let that, you know, show what kind of rider you are. I think that goes a long ways. Yeah. It's hard to judge. Yeah. It's like our buddy Luke, he threw a cash roll yesterday and you know, I knew that he stayed up at two thirty in the morning the night before. Cause I was with him. So, you know, <laughs> yeah. that's why I voted for him. <laughs> I was like, okay, points there. Yeah. Yeah. he yeah, woke up sure. at seven thirty, and then he was out here again sessioning. I was like, that's pretty impressive. Winning the day yeah. and the night. Mm-hmm. 
I saw we were talking about it earlier. I watched before to give me some context for this event. I watched the the invitational recap from last year, mm-hmm. and I guess um, what was the name of the dude, the Nitro Circus Moto guy um, that was at the event last year who sent his motorcycle into the GSR swimming pool? Oh, oh yeah, Colby. <laughs> Colby. Yeah, Colby. He's not a part of Nitro Circus. Oh, he's but, not. Oh, okay. No, but yeah, I mean, yeah, he uh, kind of. <laughs> Don't want to say ruined it for us at the GSR, but we we're not allowed <laughs> yeah. back there. You yeah. could have waited. You. <laughs> I would say maybe if we all went as like a single person, we could get a room. But the, we basically, yeah, the Cameron crew. looks for a hotel to sponsor the event so we can, you know, provide lodging for the riders that yep. are the invited riders. Yeah. Um, and they did not want to participate this year. I, <laughs> I don't blame them. When I saw yeah. that stunt, I was like, oh my god, he just rode his dirt don't- bike into the GSR swimming pool. <laughs> right. They'll let all the crusty burners come back, but they won't let it. Yeah, exactly. You guys right, come yeah, back. Yeah. Well, uh, none of those crusty burners are riding dirt bikes into the pool. Yeah. And... I don't know. <laughs> I know, right? Yeah. They think the oil's bad, but they don't know what kind of bodily fluids are going yeah, on. Yeah. yeah. When is the last time some of these people showered? Yeah, I don't they know. drain the pool with gasoline and they both yeah. do they do that after Burning Man yeah. for everybody? Yeah. Kurt told me that story and I said that there was a dude E. On a pool in the pool, duty. Yeah. Dude. There's a dude e on a bike in the pool. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, I, I'd rather have a duty. I, I think the mm-hmm. pool manager would rather have a duty in the pool than a dirt bike. Yeah. Like, what am yeah. I going to yeah, do yeah, with this? Sure. Yeah. yeah, they got protocols for a duty in the pool. Right. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yeah, well, we're uh, we're super impressed, man. I'm I'm blown away. Like, I mean, I I. I expected to be blown away when I came. I expected here. nothing less. Yeah, I mean, just the 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 level of athlete, and then just the level of the quality of the build you guys have done. This place is just insane. Yeah, it's Thank super you. cool. You. Yeah, you guys have poured clearly a ton of work into this property. Yeah, but we love it. It's it's yeah. the good hard work. Yeah, it's addicting. It pays off. Yeah. So, wh- like, why isn't there anything like this for the public? begs the question i mean you know. hence the amount of cars that are packed in here yeah. these are all mostly riders so yeah, it's just sure. it's hard to you know accommodate for the public too and just no for no, these... no no i'm talking about like a, a you know obviously building no building a line oh public yeah, line building like a building a line in Ta- you know tahoe like it's just you know there's just been this legacy of of when someone builds a rad trail in tahoe and it's not sanctioned or it's too big like it just gets torn down just liability uh, yeah they're know. just scared of liability and the size of the jumps that are being built but but uh, there's stuff like this that's built elsewhere yeah like north star last year we built like a full cam and cam and kyle like 13 years ago Bill, or it's called was it called two six down there is it still there yeah we rebuilt it oh cool. and totally remade it so it's like a full-on you know big I jump think they're nine foot tall moto ramps because yeah we've made we had these dimensions that are meant for like motos but um it's good for riding big jumps that's how that monster ramp is replicated so it's got hmm. more training at the bottom and flatter up top so your suspension compresses earlier and you're more set up to like pop off the ramp and it won't kick you mm-hmm. um, when like motos are giving it throttle off the lip. Right. Um, but yeah, we set up that line and it's three of those big ramps in a row and then just called it the two six line. And yeah, we did that at North star and Jackson. We're building like a full can signature line as well. 
And that's at, at, at Jackson Resort, or yep. is it off T-Town Pass? Uh, at Jack, at the resort. resort. Cool. Yeah. So, is, so when you say Cam's signature line, is he is he putting his name on certain trails at certain resorts they're having, and parks and stuff? They're having him design it, or like be the designer. Like, hey, you know, we want you to, you know, build us a course that's kind of like replicate how you would want it built um, at our resort. So North Star is like, you guys filmed here years ago, and we want you to remake it and make it better. Because mm-hmm. it was getting blown out. And then Jackson, yeah, they just wanted something that was like, you know, specific and just something unique into that area. Yeah. And we're still working on it. It's We're going back this summer, too. It's like a, it's going to be a couple of years. Or maybe finish it this year, but it's long. Has anybody in the, in the, in the mountain bike world or maybe motor world, but I've, I've never heard of like a like a signature kind of like I, I think when i think of this i think of kind of like an arnold palmer golf course, golf course yeah, yeah. Right? Well, the the north star filming or the that line since they filmed on it years yeah. ago they wanted to rebuild it remake it so that that one's more of like his signature line on what mm-hmm. he wants but yeah jackson i think uh they were they want to build it for you know just future films and yeah just I don't know how signature it is. I don't know if they're going to say like Cam's signature line on it, but right. it's mostly just Cam goes out there. He's like, okay, I want this feature, this and that. And yeah. then Cody and I, my brother, we come in and start building it and just make it unique. Yeah. Now you and your brother, did your brother get into trail building before you did, or did you guys get in at the same time? Or? I was doing it well before him. You, you were doing it before him. Yeah. As soon as I graduated high school, I went up to, I graduated in Vermont and moved up to burke mountain in the northeast kingdom and i was a trail builder there for six months my buddy ryan got me a job there and Mm -hmm. just lived in a condo at the base of the mountain it was like we own that whole mountain because there's only five trails of lift lift access there yeah so every single day during the week i'd be like all right we're gonna groom this one groom this one and it was just prime for every weekend that we wanted to ride and that's where it kind of kicked off moved out here in 2016 and then got the job at Truckee bike park Okay. And then from there, just like, I guess we're just going to keep going. And then how did you, how did you meet, um, get involved with census rad trails? Um, or like had like meeting cam, our buddy, Ray siren, uh, we grew up racing with him on the East coast and then he was working for census when I moved out here. So, uh, that's how I met cam through there. And then from there, it kind of just kicked off, um, helping out at the property volunteer work and just little things. Yeah. And you ski a lot, right? Yeah, I was going to ask. He's a pretty gnarly skier. I was going to ask if you guys are both avid skiers or boarders. I used to be. This year, I don't even buy a season pass anymore, but I've just had too many injuries or my, like, I just have a bad knee, so I can't, I can't handle a whole day. Powder? Oh, yeah, I can do it all the time, but. Yeah. Used to be a good skier. Yeah. I snowboard. uh, Definitely. I mean, by Tahoe standards, I'm not a good snowboarder. (laughs) Definitely love to get out there, though. For sure, love a good pow day. He's Um, got a good moto background, though. Yeah, that's what my, yeah, mostly I grew up racing. My dad was a professional flat track racer. So I got into that when I, I think I started racing when I was four and then raced flat track till I was eight. And then I don't know if you guys know who Tyler Beerman is. He's a yeah. insane moto rider. Yeah. Um, he and, or his dad and my dad, they grew up racing together. So we naturally grew up racing together and I did flat track and he did motocross and when I was eight years old, I realized that motocross was to me a lot cooler, just jumping and stuff. It just looked cooler. So I just wanted to be like Tyler and switch over to motocross and then try to give that a whole run for my money, but had too many injuries. And I don't know, with something like that, you spend so much money. If you're not going to like 
look like you're going pro by the time you're 16, and you probably should just give it up because you're yeah. just gonna get hurt a lot and not make any money. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and like I still see people that I race with still, you know, giving it a good go out there and trying to make mains for Supercross or Motocross, and I totally give it to them for trying to do it, but they are wrecked. You know, it, yeah. You know, yeah. and it, it they're not wasting a lot of money, but they're spending a lot of money and time on something that you know might not ever really eventually pay off for i'll give a shout out to this guy in Truckee, mike Herity, who's a he's a i think he works in the pharmaceutical business but he's a long time moto racer so, everyone calls him moto mike but he's an avid uh fan of my restaurant and i, I see him pretty frequently but he, he he's always hurt yeah like every time he oh, walks yeah. in my restaurant he's totally. got i'm like so would you bust this time right Ed? And yeah he's he's i mean it's been never ending that i've known him for 15 years he's yeah. always broken off really taking advantage of that health insurance for sure. <laughs> yeah, yes. yeah he hit that out he of is. pocket oh man he's just i'm like i look at him like man just hot. but he loves it and that's he, the yeah, thing he does you know it. like racing i think it gives you i mean in in you know a lot of sports or whatever we grew up doing it it's our passion and it's what we desire to be as a professional athlete of whatever category that is but um yeah it just it teaches you just i don't know drive work ethic and everything and mm -hmm. like i was saying you have that passion so it's like why would you want to give that up you know after it's you know made you into this person that you are so, yeah 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 I, I feel i got into moto about five years ago after you know riding mountain bikes my whole life and you know i I'm not planning to get seriously hurt. You know, I've made it to 46. I don't want to start doing it now, you know, and, and, uh, but I do find that on the dirt bike, one, one of the saving graces is that as long as you're not like going super fast or sending huge jumps, like you're wearing battle armor, you're wearing so much gear. I mean, if you wear, you know, just like all the, all the gear, like if you, if you go down at 20, 30 miles an hour on the ground, most of the time you're going to be okay it's 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 when you're like going 40 plus or you're sending a huge jump and you come up short or, or something like that totally. um but like i have found that in some it's in weird in some ways riding a dirt bike is safer it just depends on yeah how hard you're sending you know For if sure. you're just trail riding and you're not like doing like and you're kind of uh calculated in in your risk if you take a hit, you're going to stand up and dust yourself off. Whereas if you took that hit on a mountain bike wearing, you know, just baggies and a t-shirt. Spandex. Totally. Yeah. It's not, it might not end well. Yeah. And you're yeah. riding on boulders and rocks and whatever yeah. going yeah. off cliffs. And yeah, yeah. you just got to stay within your realm, I say. Yeah. But like my buddy, Mikey Silvestri, uh, he was one of the first people I met when I moved up to Tahoe and realized that we had a bunch in common. He used to race motocross and I just got a mountain bike and I really wanted to get into mountain biking just because they cross over so well. But um, he was like a top dog professional downhill racer at the time and just one of the most talented dudes to ever get on a bike. And uh, he was actually out here the other day, but he told me being a professional athlete, regardless, whatever it is, is obviously being good, but not just sending it and making, you know, the right decisions. Mm -hmm. um, be like, yeah, making professional choices of, yeah. you know, what you're going to do. You're not going to get two out of your comfort zone or your realm i mean we yeah, do need to step out there but we kurt and i have talked about that on the show and that there's some of the best pro athletes are the ones ones that have longevity for sure yeah, and they know yeah, their limits doing it forever yeah yeah like a greg menar that guy legend dude, i mean that guy's insane. 40 plus still consistent winning, right like just super consistent yeah and not getting injured and like you know it, it, i mean i'm he's taking some hits but he 
has always been able to come back up to the top of his game. And, you know, you take, if you keep taking hits, like by the time you hit 40, you're pretty much done. Like, yeah. you know, you yeah. have to really, and that's always been my thing is like, could I, could I send this? I could, but if I come up short or something happens, I'm going to get really freaking hurt and it's just not worth it right. to me. It's just like get, getting hurt is super inconvenient. And that's why like when I, when I see a lot of this, you know, like what we've been watching, I, I, I'm just like, I got no, I mean, it's super awesome. I love to watch it. And, uh, if I tried to attempt any of this stuff, it, a, it would look terrible and B, I might really hurt myself and C, I'm just going to watch. Yeah. <laughs> you got to know, a man's got to know his limitations, you know? Kurt, I just like, think that we need a, we need to go up to Whistler for like three weeks and just. No, and, and no, that's sure. not what we need to do. Cause yeah. I'll tell you why. And, every and, single and person, out. every single person I've ever known who's gone to Whistler, they come home Broken injured. <laughs> I swear to God, like I'll, I'll see a friend and they'll be like, oh, I broke my arm. Be like. Were you in Whistler? Yep. Uh, <laughs> there's no I think there's so many people, and I think that's what's tough out here, too. Uh, it's been good so far, but when you have so many people, like, sending it around you, and yeah. you in your head, you're like, man, I want right. to do that. Like, yeah. right. I should do it. And it's like, that's that decision you need to make. Like, okay, I could maybe wait a couple of days or, like, suss it out a little bit more. Like, are you getting paid to do this jump right now? Like, right. No, no one's right here handing you a check to right. go hit that. Like you can hit it tomorrow or next week or something. So, but when you're in Whistler, I mean, you're a kid in Disneyland and you're like, I want to ride yeah. every single ride right now, but you don't have to, you know? So yeah, you just got to make those smart my, choices. My buddy, my buddy, shout out to my boy, James Adamson in, in, in Breckenridge. So he and I go back, we do big bike adventures together and he was on a tear this one summer was in a sprinter van just driving all over the west and he ended up in whistler and he ended up doing the crab apple jumps if you know the crab apple jumps yep. they're oh, yeah. massive massive huge jumps and he I, like i mean james is a really good rider but he was probably a little out of his league doing those jumps and he, there's a video my my other friend videoed him hitting this one crab apple jump and when while he's 30 feet in the air his bike starts to dead sailor on him and so he did the best thing that he could have done given the situation and that was bail off the bike and try and land on your feet from 30 feet in the air yeah and he landed in the transition and didn't i mean he came out best case scenario. He could have come out of that paralyzed and he came out of it with like a hairline fracture in his ankle that he didn't figure out until like three weeks later when it was ballooned up to the size of, you know, a, a grapefruit. Yeah, so exactly. Like, it's just, it's one of those things where it's like, oh man, I, I would, it would be amazing to hit that. But well, the, for these size jumps that we're riding out here too, you know, you have to, you kind of have to know how to fall. You know, if right. you know that you're not going to make it or itself. you're doing a trick and you have to bail, like you have to be, you got to know how you're going to fall onto that landing, like yeah. tuck and roll. Or, you know, sometimes if you're coming up short, you try to slide down the landing, like throw your bike underneath you and try to make it to that knuckle still. Yeah. But yeah, that's another factor. Cause some people, you know, just seeing them go off like a three foot drop, they're just, yeah. they don't do anything to themselves to protect them from falling. And that's how it yeah. gets worse. So yeah. it's a progression. And you, th you think someplace like the Truckee bike park is a great place to, to progress out of. Yeah. Right? I mean, it's got everything up there, you yeah. know, they're building yeah. those small slope style lines. They have pump tracks, they have everything. And yeah, I just see, you see a variety of people out there and you know, it's a, definitely a really good progressive park. And it's come a long way. It's amazing how far that park has come. I mean, I moved to 
Reno 10 years ago, and I remember going to the park and just being like, oh, this is a cool little park. You know, it's got like a slalom track and it's got some little jumps. And yeah, but like what it's turned into is incredible, man. Yeah. Just so in cool. five years of me working there, they grew like five acres. Yeah. Like the stuff that we built from what it was, it's just like, okay, now this year we have budget, so we're going to be building this line and yeah. slope style line. The airbag now, they have everything. They oh, got, wow. wow, they have an airbag there Yeah, now? they just cool. set up last year. It's Very pretty cool. cool. And where is their, like, the Truckee Bike Park, what's their main source of funding? Um, fundraisers, do, yeah, yeah, crowdfunding, donations. Yeah. The party we were at, Kurt. Yeah, the yeah. party, I guess. We were oh, at you, the, you went to the, ba- bar, the Bar of America. Bank yeah. of America. The Bank of America. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I always confuse it because they have an eagle, I think, as their it's, logo. Well, that, it so, was the old, yeah, It, it used America. to yeah. be a bank. Yeah. <laughs> That used to be a bank, and okay. even when 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 my company owned that restaurant, oh, uh, that's funny. The walk in for the restaurant was still the old safe. Really? Yeah, they that's converted the walk in. Cool. Oh, that's cool. The the, the, that's the, cool. the safe was turned converted into a walk in, and then when Tom Turner bought it from us, he oh, okay he spent a, a whole bunch of money, which needed to happen. Wow. <laughs> Actually, made it made it legit. But I think that them tearing down that safe was quite the project. Yeah. Oh, I couldn't imagine. Yeah. It's like two foot thick walls yes seriously wow (laughs) yeah but that was a bank well one thing that we like to ask our guests yeah let's get into this one i'm looking forward to hearing the answers on this one these are the first millennials to ever answer this question yeah that's right yeah possibly yeah i think Um, i'm gen z now are you gen z Uh, okay 97 okay yeah five years old i'm 92 so i think i'm right in the middle yeah okay or maybe tail end so um the name of our podcast, if we didn't already tell you, was uh, Mind the Track. Kind of like Mind the Gap in the London Underground. Mind the Track. So when you hear the word, the phrase, Mind the Track, Henry, I'll start with you. Oh, boy. What, do you, what, what comes to mind when you hear that, Mind the Track? Mind the Track. I don't know. I, I think it, that's like, that's a ton. I don't even know what to say. Just let that motto the sound of that motive guide you i think when i think of mine the track <laughs> i think of just how i would how you might have to come back to me i'm gonna have to think about that one to damon damon Don't think too hard on it I know. I think just I shoot your I'm, shot. <laughs> this is like re- ordering yeah. at the restaurant i don't know what i want yet here I, you I, go first i think of myself peacefully riding on any trail that i'm on yeah i'm in that right headspace on whatever track i'm at like a go. TDS, I that whole weekend. Yeah, yeah. I was, I had. You were in the zone. I don't know what it is, but I just had that. Your right, mind was in the track. Yeah, it was in the track, and it was the best I've ever ridden that place. I had two crashes, but I still did good. But just, I just, just think of it as a peaceful, peaceful place on the track. Yeah, if that makes sense. Zen, yeah. Zen zone. Zen, yeah. Zen zone. Yeah, we'll go with that. <laughs> don't take my answer. <laughs> Too late. Now you got to switch yours. <laughs> yeah. What about you, Damon? Um, I mean. I don't want to try to take too much time while Henry answered to like make up a better answer. He already got the Zen zone. Yeah, but no, you could use it. I'm trying to think like mind the gap in the is the train right. So yeah. like when you're getting on the train, I right. don't want you to like trip over yourself or, right. or a gap right, so yeah. you can walk on smoothly. So I don't know. I would say like minding the track is, I don't know. I like identifying what you're looking at. You know, don't just like enter without no discretion. Yeah. You know, take take a second yeah. and don't trip yourself up on what you're going to ride, you know, like soak it in. I mean, not that like they're soaking and minding the gap, but like 
they kind of are. They're like, oh, there's something that I need mm-hmm. to watch out for. I need to kind of be safe right now. And when I feel like I'm confident enough, I can walk over that gap and get on the train and keep going, you know? So I guess just, yeah, f- figuring out what you're doing. Your zen then, zone. Yeah, you're getting, <laughs> find that zen zone. But, uh, yeah, I mean, get get over that thing which is that gap, the track, to yeah. go let yourself have a good time. Like that train's taking you somewhere you want to go. That track's taking you to the place of your happiness and joy and whatever. You want to go hit all those jumps, hit all the turns and whatever, and have a good day out there. Awesome. Yes. Those are great That's answers. Bam. I think this is a little bit better. He, he worded it better. <laughs> well, you had – no, it was a good combo because – there's the mind in the track, like you're, you're in the Zen zone, like you're riding your bike and you're just like happy and you're focused and you're, and you're like on your game. And then there's the consciousness aspect, like yeah. be conscious about actually what you're doing. So there's like this, take a moment. It's yeah. like a tune in and a tune out. You know what I mean? You tune yeah. out the noise of the outside world, but you tune in your consciousness and your decision-making in, in what you do. And those are two great, great answers. Great answers. <laughs> awesome. So how can, um, Henry, how can people, um, find out more about you? Like, are you on the, are you in the social media or yeah, out in the world? Uh, well, everybody, it's, I, I have the nickname Hank and from growing up in New York all the way to out here, yeah. it just transferred and everybody just calls me Hank. So it's Hank.Wilkins, um, right. on Instagram Okay, and, uh, census rad trails, give them a shout out and yep. follow them on Instagram. Cause we're going to be building all over the place the some pretty rad trails coming up awesome how about you damon uh mostly i'm just on instagram i uh i mean i have my facebook but i rarely check that and it's like for keeping in touch with like my high school homies or whatever honestly not even my high school homies it's like their parents or something you know (laughs) (laughs) posting about their kids but yeah instagram mine is iwanaga.damon which is kind of funny because i think most people i'd say 90 percent of people don't even know how to pronounce my last name which it, that's totally fine. I grew up people not even being able to say my first name, but they think my my <laughs> last name is my first name, which I guess I set myself up for that with my Instagram tag name, whatever. But how do you spell your last first name? My I W A N A G A dot Damon. There you and go. Yeah, it's pretty funny. It's pretty I've simple. Just lived a whole life of my name being butchered just everywhere I go teachers oh, yeah. whatever ordering food or anything it's like yeah i'm pretty sure they're talking about me so we'll head <laughs> up there people with crazy last names have have, uh, have thick skin because they've heard it all yeah 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 you can't definitely you can't get heard about it that's for sure but people are creative it's kind of funny I, oh i know i the names i've heard of my last name man i'm just like oh, i haven't heard that one before right. that's a good one i'll have to remember that one and like i don't know my last name is japanese so it's not like it's standard English, whatever pronunciation, but I think it's funny when it's like, okay, you really didn't take the time to just look at my yeah, last exactly. name. Like, just look yeah, at it. Yeah. Just mind my name. Right. You know, like mind the track, just right. mind yeah. my name yeah, for a exactly. second. <laughs> You'll get a Sound lot closer out. to it. Yeah. 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 Well, Henry, Damon, thanks so much for yeah, uh, thanks, joining guys. us here yeah. in the back of the Sun Raider at the Camp Zinc Invitational. Thank you guys for making this event what it is with all the hard work that you've poured into it it's super cool and yeah we're very fortunate to be here to witness all the excellence uh both of the moving earth and of uh sending it over that moved earth yeah. 
I'm glad that you're my neighbor. So I was like, yeah. you got to come out. You got to come out and check it out. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry I didn't come help you dig. I was it's preoccupied right. with a bunch of other stuff. Had but it sounds like you had plenty of help. So yeah. that's good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Shout out to all the people that did come out here and help. Yeah. yeah. Um, we did have the invitee list of riders who weren't forced to come out some of them did come out early to help us dig and then cam did open the doors to other people that if they wanted to come ride and they weren't exactly on the invited riders list to just show up give a helping hand i mean that goes a long ways with cameron is just yeah showing you care don't just be that guy that just doesn't dig and goes to ride all day you know so yeah Yeah. so thank Um, you to all those reno local boys yep og screaming eagles uh, (laughs) yeah yeah Thank you to everybody. Yeah, no, it, it's really cool. We have a, you realize you have a bigger family out there than than you just see every day, and to come together and build something like this, and yeah, make an event like the Invitational. It's a pretty special thing. Awesome. Yeah. Right. Sounds like they're doing speed shooting now. All right, well, let's get oh, back. Yeah, let's We're gonna go, get back go over check there. Out some sand yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you guys. <laughs> yeah, yeah you thank bet. you. Right on. And there you have it, the interview with Ian DeKayroyce. Henry Wilkins, and Damon Iwanaga here at the Cam Zinc Invitational. And that's episode 10 of Mind the Track for you. So we're really appreciative once again to our supporter, our charter supporter, Sandy, uh, for inviting us out here and, and for Cameron Zinc having us on, on his property for this event. And so until next time, get out there, get deep, and put your mind in the track. Mm-hmm.